Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and it is indeed a pleasure to be with you today as we discover the pitfalls for high net worth investors and how it is that we can avoid those pitfalls. Our guest today, Tom Dunkel, is the Managing Director of Bell Rose Storage Group. Tom has a background in corporate finance and over 25 years of real estate and investment experience. He has also specialized in discounted asset opportunities nationwide since 2006. His financial savvy, his open communication manner, and integrity have seen him help alternative investors achieve their wealth-building goals. Tom holds an undergraduate degree from the University of Delaware and an MBA from the College of William and Mary. So, Tom, take us into the show today by sharing a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Thank you, Alan. It's great to be with you and the listeners today. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes, so I probably had the worst possible upbringing for an entrepreneur. And the reason is I had two loving parents at home. I'm the third of three children from an upper middle class family. So basically, my childhood was pretty easy. I had it pretty good. So I guess the good thing there is it gave me the confidence to go out into the world and think that I could tackle whatever I set my mind to. Problem is, as I got into my entrepreneurial career, I quickly found out that you know I really needed a lot more grit and a lot more chutzpah and a lot thicker skin to really get through and be successful. So fast forward to 2001, 9-11 was a major impact in my life. 2002, I was in technology investment banking and the internet bubble burst. So I ended up getting laid off with a baby at home. 2004, I lost my father to lung cancer. 2006, I was fired from my job. And then I decided to go into real estate. And of course, 2006 was probably the worst time ever to think about getting into real estate. So all the money that I had saved along the way, I proceeded to lose it all between 2006 and 2009 or 10. So I have those battle scars that have really shaped me as an entrepreneur. But alas, what can we do? We have to pick ourselves up and we have to really just keep grinding through. So that's what I had to do. I was determined to be doing my own thing. So, you know, that cushy childhood that I had, you know, was quickly vanishing in the rearview mirror. And now I was really having to learn what it meant to be an entrepreneur. So along the way, the probably the most incredible people I've ever met in my journey have been people who maybe didn't even finish high school or barely finished high school, came from difficult backgrounds. And so I was able to learn a lot just from them. And I was very super inspired by those folks. And so I find myself today, thankfully, in a position where I was able to grind through, able to really gut it out. And surrounding myself with outstanding people has really allowed me as well to really transport myself forward. Well, that is an inspirational story, actually, because I think probably a lot of us have found ourselves in that situation and have become entrepreneurs, not necessarily because we had a huge desire to be that, but because circumstances in life told us we were going to have to become that. Or 
lower our expectations <laughs> considerably. So thank you for sharing that story with us. But good thing about that is, and that what I like about your story is, is that grit is something that really all of us can develop. Some of us may need a nudge to develop that, but we are all certainly capable of developing that no matter where we are in our life direction there. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom, let's take us into direct real estate investments versus fund investments. Sure. So here at Belrose Storage Group, we are direct investors in self-storage facilities around the country, primarily on the East Coast. But we've looked at starting funds in the past. And my personal feeling as a high net worth investor myself, I invest in other people's deals. I personally feel like the direct investment path is keeps the investor and the sponsor's interest the best aligned. Tom, before you go into that, can you just explain the difference between a direct investment and a fund investment? I, a lot of our viewers and listeners know what that is, but not every investor does. Sure, of course. So a direct investment would be an equity syndication, which is just a fancy word for getting a group of investors together to put their money, in our case, into the purchase of a self-storage facility. So each deal stands on its own and is financed in its own way. Whereas in a fund environment, it's really what they call a blind pool, where again, it's investors, but they're investing in a fund that has uh, spelled out criteria for the types of investments that the fund managers are allowed to invest in. And they're different criteria and terms associated with those funds. But that particular vehicle, in my view, kind of puts the fund manager a little bit at odds with the investors in that the fund manager is now under pressure to put those dollars to work because the fund manager needs to generate returns on those funds so that they can participate in the fund and get their fees and what have you. So I feel like that puts the fund manager potentially, no, look, just talking in broad generalities, but it potentially puts that fund manager in a position of perhaps having to overpay for an asset because they have typically paying their investors some kind of return on a quarterly basis, whether that money's deployed in a return generating asset or not. So it really kind of puts them under pressure to make sure they, they're putting that money to work. And it could cause them to overpay for an investment or otherwise maybe not be the best steward for those investments. Compare that to the direct investment side. As a sponsor of direct investments, my interests are very much aligned with my investors. Of course, we do make fees because we have people on our team that we need to pay and we need to keep the lights on. But our compensation is very, very back-end loaded. And so I think it helps us to keep our interests aligned with the investors. The investors do well, we're going to do well. Okay. Well, thank you for that explanation there. And so understanding that you do have investment opportunities for investors, for passive investors, but it is not going to be through a fund. It is going to be directly into a specified property. So tell us about self-directed IRAs and just real, real briefly, how those work and are those good for investing in your properties and particularly self-storage? Sure. So a self-directed IRA is simply an IRA that you could have at a Fidelity or a Schwab or wherever, but these custodians that are in the self-directed IRA space 
have the ability to have their clients invest in, for example, self-storage facilities, any other type of private placement memorandum that might be for an apartment building, multifamily. I actually am a self-directed IRA investor myself. So I've done a lot of hard money lending out of my self-directed IRA. And so for me, because I do have specialized knowledge in the real estate industry, I like to put my money into investments that I understand. The stock market is very volatile. It's really run by you know, these big money organizations uh, around the world. And so you know, I couldn't tell you where to begin to analyze General Electric or Apple, but I understand self-storage facilities. I understand lending and I understand multifamily. So I tend to focus my self-directed IRA investments in there. And of course, the beautiful thing about especially a Roth self-directed IRA, now I'm no uh, accountant or tax advisor, so check with your appropriate advisors. But if you, in the case of a Roth self-directed IRA, I'm earning returns that when I withdraw them later will not be taxed. So that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Talker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. And actually, anybody with an IRA can actually do that. I mean, unless it is a 401k, which is with your employer, then your employer may have restrictions on that. But there are some employers that will allow that self-directed as well. Well, talk to us about self-storage. Why has that become your go-to and your favorite kind of investment? What makes it good? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, I've really been on my real estate journey since 2006. And along the way, I've done things in residential real estate, fixing and flipping. I had a residential real estate rental portfolio for a number of years, which thankfully I was able to exit all of those. And we've done things in lending and distressed mortgage debt and that kind of thing. But in the last few years, we've been focusing on the self-storage industry. And there's a number of key factors there, which we really like about this industry. Number one is the demographic trends. We've got baby boomers who are going from their big McMansions, they're downsizing into smaller homes. But I guess whatever it is in our DNA as Americans... We don't like to get rid of stuff. So the big house that goes to a small house, those extra furnishings have to go somewhere. So a lot of times they end up in a self-storage facility. The other thing when I put my investor hat on is uh, self-storage. If you look at the trends over the years, really dating back to the 80s, self-storage occupancy has been extremely steady over that time period. While the greater economy might have been doing this, going up and down and up and down, Self-storage occupancy has always stayed around 85, 90%. And so we like that because it's a conservative investment. There's demand for self-storage facilities. And as our population continues to grow, especially in the southern and southeastern and western parts of the country, the demand for self-storage continues to increase. So we really like seeing that steady occupancy. It, It does well in good times and in bad And in fact, during the recent pandemic, it was one of the best performing 
classes of commercial real estate. So it has the absolute lowest default rate of any commercial real estate assets. We like that as well. Thirdly, it's a cash flowing asset. So one of the great things about storage facilities is the operating expenses are pretty low. So in our portfolio, our operating expenses tend to be around 25-30%. And we use technology to try to squeeze that down as we own the asset. But that gives us, call it 70% net operating income margins. So if the economy does dip or there is a situation where we do need to reduce our rates for some reason or another, we can absorb that because we have such a large gross margin and we can still deliver returns for our investors in that situation. And throw one more interesting thing in there. We're not talking about rocket science or splitting atoms here. We're talking about metal boxes with concrete floors and a roll-up door. So there's not a lot of complexity to these self-storage facilities, but they're in demand and they're easy to run. So that's why we like this space so much. Yeah, 25 to 30% operating expenses is pretty interesting. Just in and of itself, I'm just curious, in terms of your acquisitions, do you go out there and find operations that are already operating at that level? Or is it a turnaround process that you bring it down to these margins? That's a great question, Alan. So yes, we are primarily acquiring existing facilities that are mom and pop owned, and we are turning them around. So we identify these properties that are not being run optimally. Perhaps the owner had some extra property, They put up some storage units and they're not really in the business of self-storage. So the last thing they want to do is interact with a customer or have to do any kind of marketing to fill their units up. So they keep their rates low so that they keep their occupancy high and they just want to get that mailbox money every month, which is great. But it does put the facility in a position where a group like ours can come in and we can thoroughly analyze the market see where we can push rates, and also see where we can be more efficient on the cost side. So we do turn those around. And we're generally in these facilities for a two to three-year period. So we're kind of get in and get out kind of operation on the one side. That all being said, we do currently have some conversion and new development opportunities that we're evaluating. But you'll have to stay tuned to hear more about that when those come to fruition. Well, so we've been talking about uh, high net worth investors and essentially investing passively. What is it about self-storage that makes that attractive to the passive investor? Sure. Well, the passive investor, obviously, that's someone who is okay with not being hands-on. Maybe they have a regular job or career that's very demanding. They don't really have the time or the inclination, perhaps, to really dig into the self-storage industry or any other passive investment opportunities. So these folks can put their money to work in an opportunity such as like what we put together, and they're going to get the benefit of quarterly distributions. So they're going to get cash paid back to them each quarter. And then when the facility is sold, they're going to get their money back plus a split of the profits. And along the way, they're going to also participate in the depreciation aspects of the facility. And the wonderful thing there is, like I said, the investors get cash flow along the way, but there's this non-cash expense that goes against the 
earnings of the facility, which actually lowers the taxable income for that facility. And so that's another thing I should have mentioned earlier was the tax benefits. So it's high cash flow, but low taxable income. So for a passive investor that might be a doctor or lawyer or you know, other type of professional, and they are interested in alternative investing, but they're not really sure where to start, if they could connect with a, a sponsor like Bellrose Storage Group or any number of others reputable sponsors out there, it's a great way to help to preserve their capital because we're investing in a hard asset provide growth because that asset is going to appreciate in value over time and cash flow along the way. So we love working with passive investors and we've worked with a number over the years and they keep coming back to us and they bring their friends. So we're very happy about that. So what's your minimum investment, generally speaking? So our minimum investment is typically $50,000, but depending on the size of the transaction, we could go as low as $25,000. $25,000. And that could come in a mix. So what I mean by that is if someone does have a self-directed IRA, maybe they can put up 10000 from that and 15000 from a regular cash account. That would be fine. But really, we're not too strict about our minimums. If there's someone that wants to work with us and we want to work with them, we'll find a way to make it work for everybody. Do you require that they be accredited investors? We do uh, require them to be accredited, yes. I'm just curious here, you had mentioned that this is kind of a thing in the United States. I'm wondering about what is self-storage like in Canada, in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South America, and other places? Have they even ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, that's a great question. It's outside of my area of expertise, but there are storage facilities in Canada and there are storage facilities in Europe. I don't know about the other places that you mentioned, but those are interesting ideas. I've thought about that, like maybe for my you know retirement years, maybe spending some time over in Europe starting a self-storage organization, but <laughs> I really am not sure what that would entail or what those markets are like today. I know that when self-storage individuals are talking about size of the facilities, they generally talk in square footage, but that really doesn't mean anything to me. So on average, in your acquisition processes, what is the average unit count? Yeah, good question, Alan. So our average unit count is we try to keep it over 200 units. We've acquired as big as over 400 And we've also acquired a smaller facility that was only 92 units, but that's because we we can actually expand that facility and double it to over 180, closer to 200 units. That's generally about where we land. Well, Tom, I know our viewers and listeners would like to learn more about this. So what do you have to offer them and how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So as I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm a high net worth investor myself. I know one of the challenges that I have when looking at a new opportunity or trying to understand a new type of investment is it's easy to get overwhelmed and then you end up doing nothing, which is not a good thing. So what we ended up doing was we created an ebook and this will be available to anyone on our website. We call it Safe Investing and SAFE is an acronym and it stands for Sponsor, Asset, Financials, and Exit. And really, it just gives a framework for what questions to be asking when looking at an alternative investment. So S is for sponsors. So you want to know, who are you giving your money to? Or what is their track record? What is their background? I can tell you a personal story. (laughs) You know, A lot of times you learn from your mistakes, right? Had I Googled the sponsor of this particular fund I was investing in, 
I would have found all of this bad stuff about them, but I didn't. And I went ahead and invested and I lost $50,000. So I call that my $50,000 <laughs> Google search. So you want to understand who you're investing with, right? And then A is for asset. You want to understand what is it exactly that you're investing in. Back in my investment banking days, this was during the internet bubble period when all these new companies were coming on and getting tens of millions of dollars of private equity investment. And we would have these companies come in and pitch us on what their company was all about. And I'd be sitting around a big room with a bunch of other people. And I was worried that I was the only guy that didn't understand a word that came out of this guy's mouth. So, And then fast forward, of course, the bubble burst, et cetera. So you really want to understand what is the asset that you're investing in? Are you investing in membership interests in an LLC that owns storage facility? That's what we do. Are you lending to a rehabber and is your loan secured by the property in what position? So you really need to go through all these questions. And we have questions in our ebook. F is for financials. Do I believe the return projections? If the financials projections are looking like a hockey stick, like we used to call it, you know, why is maybe it is reasonable, but in our storage facility deals, there's no hockey stick. We just show steady improvement. And also what are the minimums like we touched on earlier and with the projected returns, is that reasonable? So these are all questions you want to ask. And then E is for exit. So how do I get my money back? <laughs> and when do I get my money back? And who determines when I get my money back. So you want to make sure you understand all of these things. And at any point, we encourage investors, You know, whether you're looking at the sponsor, the asset, the financials, or the exit, at any point, if something just doesn't sit right with you, if it doesn't feel right, smell right, just say no and go find another opportunity. Because ultimately, we want our investors, especially in me personally, I want to sleep at night knowing that my money is with a sponsor I can trust in an asset that I understand in an asset that's going to generate financial performance that fits my goals as an investor, and that gives me some certainty or at least understanding of exit. You know, when do I get my money back? So I would encourage people to go to our website, which is www.bellrosestoragegroup.com. And that's B as in boy, E-L-R-O-S-E, storagegroup.com. And our ebook will be available there. And you can also click on a link there to join our investor database. So you can be informed of our upcoming investment opportunities. And we use our portal to send out our investor communications through, during the investment period. And also we send out our tax documents through there and our distributions to investors through there. So it's a great tool that I think our investors really like to use. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, my name's Tom Dunkel, and my email address is tom at bellroseam.com. That's B as in boy, E-L-R-O-S-E-A-M as in asset management.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for that. And that is a wrap for our program today. So thank you, Enlightened Investors, for being with us. And Tom, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us today. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital 
a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.